Welcome back, Sing Second Nation. Uh, we are joining you after the holiday festivities. Uh, hope you had a great Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you're celebrating out there. Um, we hope you have a safe New Year's in the, in the next couple of days when you're after you're listening to this podcast. Uh, we join you right smack dab in the middle of bowl season. Last year, this is kind of where we really picked up steam and we're covering games, making a lot of picks. Um, but this bowl season has definitely felt different. Uh, the first game started on a random Monday at 2.30. And ever since then, games have kind of either been lopsided or just canceled left and right. And so this bowl season we've all this decided has been just weird in general. It seemed like just last week, two weeks ago, we were having conference championships, and that's a very different uh, ordeal uh, as it ran right into bowl season. Uh, the one notable game uh, that we've had so far, Liberty, Coastal Carolina, you know, went into overtime. There was a, a rematch of the game that should have taken place uh, to in the regular season there, but, uh, but Liberty had some COVID issues that ended up canceling that game, so I don't know if the the bull people decided, hey, this would be the best of the best, and it turned out to be a pretty darn good game. Um, but before we jump too far into it, fellas, hope you had a Merry Christmas. Um, it was kind of nice to be away for an extra week, but something felt like it was missing. And so before we get too far into it, uh, Danny, what's good? Uh, well, what's not good is, is bowl season. Um, you mentioned – the highlight for me was going to be Coastal Carolina and Liberty, uh, but I could tell early on in, in the first quarter that uh, Coastal couldn't tackle Liberty's quarterback, and it was it was incredibly frustrating. Um, so I, I actually gave up at halftime. I didn't watch the second half. I only found out the next morning that it went into overtime. Uh, but that brings me to my what's good, because I actually switched uh, from that to a show recommendation that came from Brandon um it's an older show called halt and catch fire and uh i did i did get most of the way through the first season i think i'm i'm halfway through the final episode of season one of halt and catch fire and i it's an interesting one it's 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 different than most shows that i've been watching um it kind of it kind of builds and builds and builds uh, and you think that there's going to be uh, something big that happens and it fizzles out a little bit and then it keeps building. Um, but uh, what's good is, is, is that show right now. That's what I've been kind of thinking about the last day or so. And I want to, uh, I want to thank Brandon um, for, for giving that, that recommendation. And uh, we also received a little, uh, little care package from our friends at Nebraska land bank. So um, an extra special thanks to them tonight. Uh, for the drinks and snacks and, and some other things. And we look forward to meeting up with them at, uh, at a tailgate this fall. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, already next fall and football season. I think uh, I'm holding out. I think it's going to be a pretty normal season. So we're going to, we're going to catch up with our friends at Nebraska land bank and, and everybody else, hopefully at a, at a tailgate coming soon, but uh, halt and catch fire. Good show. Uh, Thanks, Brandon. What's good with you, man? You could have said like 100 million other shows and I would have been less surprised than I was of you saying that Halt and Catch Fire <laughs> would be the show. I didn't think you'd actually watch it, but I'm glad you did. It's pretty, it's pretty good show. Uh, what's good for me? It's good holidays. Uh, today's my dad's birthday. So what's good? I want to wish dad a happy birthday and i visited with him on the phone a little bit today and sounded like he was having a good day and uh happy birthday to him so what's good happy with you birthday. kyle oh. happy birthday mike Jeez, but what is he 32 33 years old yeah yep 33 yeah geez big big number for him today uh no i What's good with me is just this this couple of weeks that we've had off has been nice. We got to to spend kind of our first real quick Christmas. We we obviously had Christmas with him last year, but this is Leo's kind of first Christmas where he was able to do some things, open up his own presents, and uh, really kind of got to see him play around with with all of some of the good stuff that he's had. Uh, but yeah, that's my what's good. 
the uh they it's it's probably cliche but you always hear that like christmas means something different when when you have kids and they start opening up gifts and and have the excitement but uh it it's fun when when you like when you know what a certain gift is that your child is going to open up and you know they're going to be excited about it and you just sort of watch you know you're, you're you're in the background you watch and and then their face lights up all of a sudden and you know you did a good job and um i got my uh, my two boys some uh some ron swanson t-shirts which were just like you know 12 bucks on amazon but uh that was one of the gifts i was looking forward to um this year because we we watched parks and rec together uh and and that was that was an exciting one were there any any gifts you guys were looking forward to, to giving your kids that ended up working out? Yeah, I, I, actually have, I have kind of a, a sneaky one. Uh, my dad is, is, is somebody who uh, isn't one, a big one on, on gifts and, and stuff like that. But a while ago, he had mentioned the fact that he just kind of wanted to have a, a new hobby. And he always thought that, uh, like when I was younger, he always thought about having like a, a, a remote controlled airplane, like one of these big fancy ones that kind of run on like a little gas mixture. And those are hard to fly. And I don't think he ever really bought into it. Uh, but then he's started seeing stuff with drones. He's like, I think a drone would be fun. And like, he just kind of mentioned it in passing. And I was like, man, that'd be a pretty cool Christmas present to give. And so I bought one off of Amazon, not a, an expensive one, just a little cheap one to get them started on. And when it got in the mail, I, I kind of wanted to know how to how to work it. So I actually took it out of the box a month ago to kind of fly it around a little bit. And I, I wrecked it into, I tried to fly it in the house. I wrecked it into our Christmas tree. I wrecked it into some fake snow, some like cotton snow that we had. And I was like, oh, geez, I better go fly it outside. And so when I got it outside, I wrecked it into a bush, wrecked it into a tree. I landed it on top of our, like our little storage shed. Uh, and then so I decided I better put it away. But when we, when he opened that, it was like, that was kind of the, the best present because I don't think he assumed I was going to get, I don't know what he thought I was getting him. Uh, but he opened that up and then uh, we did that this weekend when they came down and then on Monday morning we went out and we flew up for the first time and oh man I think he loves it so that's kind of my my big one it wasn't even with my kid it was with my my dad who uh, kind of shocked me more than anything uh, there's always those ones that you're just like all right I think I nailed it on this one I'm yep. so excited for whoever yeah. to open Brandon, did, uh, did Maddie have anything that caught her eye more than anything else? Um, probably the one she was most surprised about. Like one of her favorite heroes is kind of an obscure uh, Marvel characters hero named Squirrel Girl. And so not an overly like well-known, you know, kind of a silly character and stuff. And like she has some other kind of like the girl action figures of them and stuff. And so we found a squirrel girl uh, toy that was like the same brand as the other ones that she has. And like she was like pretty surprised to see that, you know, and yeah, um, like she the other thing she kind of knew because she had asked for, you know, but it was kind of one where she didn't yeah. ask for it and saw it. So it was kind of funny. Well, that's awesome. Andy, what about with with Graham? You know, I can see, uh, I can see Graham as being the kid just just loves opening anything. Oh gosh, that's that's what he if does. He's such a rip. like in. He's a in the moment. I've got this is my fixation, whatever. Uh, but I, I kind of feel like we got outdid by our babysitter and then one of Maggie's good friends. Uh, Graham got a remote control car that one way looks like a race car and then you like press a button and it flips and goes the other way it's like a bulldozer nice. and so like he just flips it back and forth non-stop and it's he, he pretty much loved it uh, and then we got a, a gift in the mail the other day um and it's a like a cutting board so you could cut 
like food, wood food, and they're like all velcro to, velcro together. And so Graham's been cutting up bread and cutting up cucumbers and carrots and apples and stuff for like two days straight. And he wanted to sleep with his wooden knife last night in bed. And we thought that'd be a bad premise to set at the age of two. Um, no, uh, we thought we had it nailed. And then I think we got upscaled by by people who uh, who know Graham a little bit and uh, kind of put us in our spot. So we'll have to do so, a little bit better next year. How much pretend eating have you done in the last couple of days then? Because I'm, I'm assuming if he's chopping food up, he's he's serving meals no, or he's just chopping no, it up? No, he to... just chops, put it back together, chop it up, put it back together, counts <laughs> while he chops. I mean, nothing about eating. Okay, well, maybe that's next. Yeah, yeah. Preparing the meal. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> But no, if uh, you don't mind me jumping in about what's good, uh, today we got a, a group text from one of Maggie's brothers um, saying that he got big news coming. And then he magically like stopped texting because he was on the phone or something. Um, but he refs high school, uh, junior college basketball, sometimes D2 basketball in Kansas City area. And so a lot of times he'll ref. Uh, there's a big JUCO in Kansas City, like a big JUCO conference. Um, a little bit MIAA, so Northwest Missouri State, uh, UNK's in that league. So um, it's kind of neat talking to him about some of that stuff. Uh, but he got a call today to potentially be a stand-in referee uh, for the KU Texas game this this week. And so he was super pumped, obviously, because it's Division One basketball. Um, it's one of those deals where they pay him a certain amount of money just to be on hand in case – two guys go down because they play, obviously they ref with three and we were talking earlier and he said they'd much rather ref with two guys than ref with two big 12 refs and the guy who's not as, you know, big 12 ready. <laughs> so uh, he's, he's, he's got to sit at home and wait for that call until game gets kicked, uh, game gets tipped off. And once that game gets tipped off, they don't need him. He takes his money and he walks on to the next job type of deal. So um, obviously it's super cool. He graduated from KU. Uh, his brother, oh, one so of the other brothers. Bias? Well, that's so that's my next point. Uh, his older brother, uh, they're, you know, a year and a half apart or something like that. He was the student manager on the KU team. Uh, Tom is uh, Tom's the, his name. He's the one who uh, is going to be reffing. But he knows Bill Self. He's he's been his chauffeur to his car a few times after KU basketball games, um, and so then we made this big point of won't that look suspicious if Bill Self knows this rando young basketball stand-in ref and is shock smart going to throw a fit? Well, his wife, Tom's wife Nicole, won a national championship playing volleyball at Texas, and so he's going to be on the straight and narrow because there's there's lines on both sides of the old family tree there so just kind of a cool little situation um to wake up to this morning so congrats tom the dream not playing division one basketball but reffing division one basketball has he ever reffed a d1 game no no he uh he's done a couple miaa division two games a ton of juco games obviously high school games galore in the kansas city area but the first big call up potentially and it's a top 10 matchup. Yeah, yeah. Kansas and Texas. Not not TCU and K-State, but Man, which I'm, fun I'm fact. A, I'm a big Kansas basketball fan. I, or I'll say I'm a Kansas basketball fan. So now I'm going to have to be rooting for Kansas and for at least two refs to get injured. Yeah, yeah. Well, one COVID and then one pull a hammy or something on the sideline <laughs> mid-game. Or if two run into each other. Or get tangled <laughs> up somehow. Double concussion. <laughs> but no, uh, speaking of Big 12 basketball, uh, Kansas State, who's lost a to a Division II team this year, is currently only beating Omaha by three points. And so definitely not the K-State of the last couple of years that has been these contending in the Big 12 there. But, uh, but no, uh, that's kind of what's good. Uh, but no. We haven't talked in two weeks now, almost two weeks, because of all oh, the Christmas holiday. But we already have talked a little bit about it. Anybody do anything out of the normal of sit at home COVID Christmas that you expect? No. 
things have been pretty simple around here for me, which I, which I really enjoyed. You guys got me into Christmas before Thanksgiving and I still kind of am in the Christmas spirit. So I, I want to thank you all for that. It's been an enjoyable, relaxing, um, holiday. And I do just want to just a, a shout out to just friends and family in general. Uh, things have been different for probably everyone this holiday season. Uh, but it, you know, kind of reinforces the idea that connections you have with, with family and friends are, are important and significant and get in touch with them any way you can. Um, so that was a little, maybe a lesson for me, uh, this holiday season. It, it's been a good one. Yeah. And I, I think cause geez, it's been like 50, 60 degrees for most of December. We got a couple like timely snows that really kind of set the tone for, for some Christmas one right before Christmas day. And then now we're kind of in the, the middle of having a lot of snow around. So like I said, it, it always makes that feeling even a little bit better when you have some snow on the ground. I do. So speaking of snow, um, my kids did receive a full size trampoline from, uh, from one of their grandparents. And I spent the entire day the other day putting that together. Feel very triumphant that I figured out how to do it. Uh, they had a full day of enjoying it yesterday, and now it's covered in covered in snow. So, <laughs> yeah. and it did say that it was the best trampoline for adults. So I would like to invite you all over for maybe a, a Saturday afternoon tramp sesh. Yeah, one of these days if it gets nice. You're going to have a, a mounted basketball hoop next to it on a pole? We do. I already threw that out, th threw that idea out there. We have one of those that has, like, the sand in the bottom of it, so you can kind yeah. of move it around, and it's adjustable. So at some point, I think we'll get that in the backyard. And yeah, we can have some so fun. Is the, is the pool going back up next year, too, or is that where the tramp's going, or that circle of dead grass that's uh, already there? Yeah, the, or? Tramp, the trampoline is a lot larger than the pool was, and the trampoline's a 15 – foot item and uh actually i just uh had to go retrieve the pool that i had put i hung it over the fence a, a couple months ago and i emptied it out and when those with those big winds we had a few weeks ago it's like halfway down the neighborhood and i did go have to retrieve that so the, the pool is done <laughs> um trampoline is in its place so no pool party but i'll have a trampoline party for you guys when we can I, I will tell you, Danny, like just sitting the hoop next to the, the trampoline is, is like a cool move, but a pro move is is getting it level with the trampoline itself. You have to put it on some sort of a platform. So then the rim is a legitimate 10 feet above the tramp. So yeah. like that, that's the pro move right there. That won't be happening, but I, I did have a friend with a nice, uh, nice hoop set up by his trampoline when I was about in seventh grade, which was hours and hours of fun. So I'd like to like to hook something up like that. Gosh, glory days on a trampoline. Yeah, big time. Knees and ankles are shot because of it, but boy, was it fun. But no, if there's one thing uh, that Graham loves doing, and we kind of figured it out about Halloween, is he loves looking at the inflatables. And so one thing we notice is our neighborhoods have kind of a flooding of, especially around Christmas time, Santa, snowmen, abominable snowmen, I mean, you name it. And there's probably a blow up somewhere in our neighborhoods for it. So anytime we go anywhere, we have to go out of our way to find all the Santas. And he still asks about Santas being out and about right now. And we have to try and tell him like, no, they're sleeping or they're you know, put away or whatever. And he just can't kind of grasp the idea because it started with monsters and then it was turkeys and now it's Santa's and the Grinch and whatnot. And so that's been kind of fun just because he, he talks from the backseat nonstop about Santa's and going out of our way, not the lights, just Santa's. And so it's been kind of fun. Anybody excited to start teaching next week? <laughs> no, okay. We did say it was bowl season, and so the exciting time uh, maybe is hopefully upon us because 
starting the next couple of days, we're starting to see some more big name matchups like a Florida, Oklahoma, um, maybe Army, West Virginia, if you would, um, you know, pander to our level at the Sing Second podcast. Uh, Cincinnati, Georgia might be a good matchup, but what we're all here to discuss are the semifinal matchups that take place on Friday, January 1st. Uh, we're going to lead with the first game. It's a 3 p.m. kickoff on ESPN. Uh, Notre Dame, the four seed. Alabama, the one seed. Um, I can't imagine us spending a ton of time on this just because of how Notre Dame's limping into it and how Alabama's just kind of being untouched. But anybody have any first thoughts real quick about Bama, Notre Dame? I was pretty gung-ho about Notre Dame earlier this season, and I wanted them to go undefeated and win the national championship and everything. And just because it was their first time in a conference, and normally I hate them, and that's totally out of character. And so it would make sense for me to really cheer for them in an upset over Alabama. But now in an even more uncharacteristic move of me, I'm all aboard the Alabama Crimson Tide train on this. I want them to win. They're they're undefeated. Like, to me, it's different than years past because it's not like two loss Alabama or one loss Alabama that wasn't in a SEC championship and somehow still made the playoffs or some goofy thing. This time, it's Alabama, clearly the number one most dominant team in the whole college football land winning all their games they wanted to play college football this year you know and uh they're they're there and they deserve to be there and i hope they win every single game by 70 points maybe not that much because i still want the 1995 nebraska huskers to be considered which i still do consider them to be the greatest of all time but uh i so maybe not quite as good as that but maybe to be the second best college football of all time. So now I'm Nick Saban. You the man can't wait to, to just worship the ground. You walk on and to do no wrong in my eyes now for the next uh, few weeks. And uh, can't wait to watch you roll Notre Dame. It's kind of a seventies feel for it for me too. You know, like just where, you know, you look at the old bowl game matchups and, Alabama was really good back then, and so was Notre Dame. And I don't know. That's my thoughts for it. There, and I'm curious to see just how many of these uh, first round picks from Alabama, aka future Philadelphia Eagles, uh, <laughs> that we're going to rebuild this roster so we can go from worst to first. So, how, how much are they going to have to win both of these games by to be considered one of the best, you know, top two or three college football teams ever? given the circumstances of the season and all the asterisks that are going to be everywhere. Like Andy, how dominant do you think they have to be in these next two games to be up there in the best teams ever? Well, I I think there's been a huge shift and I think this is going to kind of maybe add an asterisk, maybe especially the old timers, old timers. Um, Maybe I put in quotes there so that way I don't offend anybody. Um, But when we think of like the Huskers of the nineties and things like that, even Alabama in the early two thousands teens or whatever, uh, they were so much big bruiser back, just beat you down. There's one thing when they're just going to line up and punch you in the mouth until you get tired and then you're not going to be able to fight anymore. And then you'll basically bow it that way. But Alabama's done it so differently now where they're going to throw it sideline to sideline and then throw over the top. So you have to, you know, defend all 54 yards horizontally and then all 100 yards vertically. And so it's one thing when they're just going to move you out of the way, but now they're going to go around you and then move you out of the way. Like it's got to be the most demoralizing. And the fact that they can do it on the ground, they had a receiver win the AP player of the year, a quarterback who's up for the Heisman, a running back who's up for the Heisman. Like they literally have every option. And, I, I, you know, like – not to like single any other teams out, but I, I you just don't remember the three-headed monster that Alabama's kind of working with this year. Old St. Nick Saban said that, uh, you know, <laughs> this year, even with the different schedule and the asterisks, you have extra SEC games they're playing. 
in the premier conference of the land with far superior out athletes than any other conference. So, you know, I think going through that grueling schedule, because now that I'm all aboard the SEC hype train as well with this. Uh, <laughs> and and Nick Saban's a good salesman too. And with all that, you have to look at those wins as being more impressive than when they're playing uh, those other games. And no uh, week 10 pushover schedule. This is the real deal this year. It's rough. Rough. This, ma- this makes me want them to lose more than ever. Thank so thank you for that, Brandon. You're you, welcome. What, so I, I know Brandon and Andy are on this Alabama hype train. I definitely did not think that we were going to be talking about them as the greatest team of all time, comparing them against the 01 Hurricanes and the 04 Trojans and the 95 Huskers. So it, and it's weird, like. When has a team had a, a stud quarterback, a receiving core that spreads the field, and a running back that's going to be in the NFL just dominating? How about last year with LSU? Like, it's been a full year since we've seen something like that. Joe Burrow, Clyde Edwards, hilaire Justin Jefferson, who's dominating the NFL, plus Jamar Chase, who is kind of the preseason uh, kind of maybe – dark horse Heisman candidate before LSU turned out to suck this year. Like, I don't even think the Alabama team even comes close to the LSU team we saw a year ago at this time. So I'm going to I will agree with you, Kyle. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I will agree with you just for the fact of Lane Kiffin put up 45 points on, on Alabama in his first year without any recruits. And so I will give you off defensively, they're nowhere close to the LSU Tigers last year, but uh uh, no, you make some good points there, Kyle. Back to my question. How much do they have to win these two games by? <laughs> I don't even think they're the best team in the last two years, so I'm definitely not. 150 points, maybe, they have to win the next two <laughs> games by? I don't know. I, I never thought we were going to be in the conversation of, is this Alabama team the greatest of all time? So I guess this kind of caught me by surprise. I think maybe Brandon bought like a series of uh, Nick Saban motivational cassette tapes or something that he's been listening to at night. Maybe that's why he's. I, I think he so might have been re- he might have been rearranging some things around his house, and he must have found the Nick Saban autograph poster that he got a few years ago that that reinvigorated him. Actually, I do have an autograph picture of Nick Saban, and uh, I also have an Alabama polo that I bought, uh, but. This was so long ago. It was like my first year of teaching and we went to a conference in Nashville and uh, it was on clearance and it was like one of those really nice Nike polls at the time uh, that like all the coaches would wear. And it was on clearance in Nashville, Tennessee for like 1995, a steal. So all these Alabama fans think they've always been, uh, and I guess I have to throw myself, we've always been, super relevant you know but it's It's easy to forget that it used to be uh you could get our you could get our nice polos for for uh uh, clearance in tennessee enemy territory this would be if 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 brandon wasn't the guy that edited these podcasts it would be great if someone could slip in now a five-minute segment of him talking about notre dame like four weeks ago Now, Notre Dame's they've only lost one game to probably the eventual national champion. Oh, jeez. Here we but go. I, I don't speaking, like, of, speaking of powerhouse teams. I don't uh, like that Notre Dame lost and is now in it because we all – and maybe I'm jumping the gun a little bit because we haven't officially talked about the paper champion, the Ohio State, and, uh, uh, yeah. and Clemson on this. But the thing is um, – I don't know, Notre Dame, it's just like if they played 10 games against Clemson and they split five and five, then they would have been like, and we're playing them in the national championship and they're going to rematch the sixth time in the playoffs. It, I don't know. We did, We already have established now, like Clemson being in now, it's like, okay, they had some time to improve. But Notre Dame, their last game, they lost and I, I don't want them in there. I just don't want them in there. So now I'm off it. Uh, they got too much respect now. I liked them 
before. And that's just kind of my. It kind of reminds me of, I think it was like 08, 09. I can't remember exactly when uh, Ohio State and Michigan were number one and two. And they had just this great game at the end of the season. And they almost went, this was obviously the BCS era. And it was before the, the, the final four, but uh, they almost went with a Ohio State Michigan rematch for the national championship game because it was such a great game and they were number one and number two. And they ended up putting Florida in there and Florida ended up killing them, killing Ohio State. And it's like, geez, if, if you would have went with the, the rematch again, we wouldn't have even known that they were kind of a, a, a false false idol there and and so I don't even know I like I said it's it'd be nice to have four teams in there that haven't played each other yet but at least it was going to be a guarantee that Clemson and and Notre Dame were going to be on opposite ends because nobody wanted to see the third round in the semifinals if it if if it happens to shake out that they are the two best teams and they meet up for a third time so be it but if that was the semifinal I can't imagine too many people would would have been interested in watching it. I'm, I'm not convinced that Ohio State and Notre Dame are the third and fourth be- best teams, but let's do a little quick exercise here. Does anybody think Texas A&M is better than Notre Dame? I don't Maybe, know. Kyle? I'm not sure. That could yeah. be a toss-up. But yeah. Hang on. If, How oh. about does anyone think Oklahoma is better than Notre Dame? No. no. Does anyone think Florida is better than Notre Dame? Maybe. Okay, there's a maybe there. Of... Hang on, yeah. hang on. Does anyone think, and I think we'll cap it at Cincinnati, does anyone think Cincinnati's better than Notre Dame? No. No. Probably and not. so we're basically arguing Notre Dame, A&M, Florida, like who's and, and, and how do you really justify Ohio State being up in there? Like, I think this is the first time in a while where, where teams three and four you're uncertain of. But then when you go to those next teams, and here's my point, how do you know which of those next teams deserves to take one of those other two teams' spots? All that matters yeah. now is we do have the top two teams in there. You know what I mean? So kind of like we were talking that other week, you know, obviously Alabama – and being serious, not like fake bandwagon Alabama me, but uh, I, that was they're there. And then, you know, between those other three teams, one of them is probably the second best team. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. As far as this goes. So I'm not too bent out of shape, but to me, it bothers me. And what do you guys think to have a team lose? You know, we put so much weight on these conference championships. I mean, we literally, have the athletic directors do their own little voting poll who plays in the big 10 nowadays. And they put Ohio state in there for not playing all the games. So why do we put all this stress on there being a conference championship? And then when you lose the last game, not like the first through fifth game, you know, to me, that's a little different, but when you lose right at the end and then to say, you know, why that's What do you guys think of that? Well, and like, and, and I'll go through and, and kind of I'll answer your question because it does kind of suck, but all of the teams that Danny mentioned that I said I thought was better than Notre Dame, A&M has already lost to Alabama. Florida just lost to Alabama, although in a very close and a fun SEC championship game. And so there wasn't a fourth team that you could have put in there that would have kind of been separated from that group. And I know we'll get into the next game here in a little bit, and I'm assuming I'll be kind of on an, an island uh, with some of the stuff that I say, but I've, I've said it all year, like there's there's only three teams. There's only like three teams that I feel deserve a chance of winning the national championship. We just happen to have a, a system that needs four. And so – in a perfect world every year you'd kind of just your committee would say well this year we have eight teams that we think are all comparable or this team where there's only two or now we have five and you kind of work out your your bracket that way but we have a bracket for four I think when, once you throw Notre Dame in there then you could probably add 
maybe three or, or four other teams in there that I think would be comparable. Um, but I also think it's hard to judge uh, Notre Dame on just their one flaw that they have too, because obviously every other team showed not, that they have. That's to not even a big flaw. That's not a big flaw though. So here's what I'm hearing you say, Kyle. What we need to do is have an eight-team playoff. They got and if we know, And if we know that we've got three teams, we'll just have buys for four, five, six, seven, and eight. So that way we get to the top three. If we have five teams, we got five, we'll have three buys for six, seven, and eight. If we have six teams that we feel may be all competitive, we'll have a six-team tournament. Why not cap it? Why cap it a little higher so we can fill it in right. with – I actually think this – sorry, I cut you off, but this conversation <laughs> would, would be better if we had already talked about the next game, though. Maybe we should make our picks for this one. Oh, yeah. All right. Throw hands. Who's picking? Notre Dame. Okay, we're all picking Alabama. Roll <laughs> damn tide. <laughs> if you send pictures on January 1st of you with your Alabama polo from 10 Freaking years ago. Freaking checkered fedora hat and – I have a. I don't want to see it. I have a, uh, like a a players like when you they walk out and they do like their warm ups and stuff. They have like these, the hoodies with like the no sleeve like cut off like little warm up jackets on. I can't remember what year it was, maybe sixteen or seventeen. I bought one of those and it's got the big Alabama A right here. So every time they play in the national championship kind of like Brandon in his polo. I'll always put that on just to really just show my Alabama pride as well. Me too. I'm wearing it. All right. Moving into game number two. This one is a seven o'clock kickoff on ESPN as well. So back to back. Uh, we didn't even talk about how the Rose Bowl is now being played in Arlington. But that's a whole other discussion. Uh, the number three Ohio State Buckeyes versus the number two Clemson Tigers. Um, rematch of last year's uh, semifinal, correct, Kyle? Yep. So uh, we know how that ended bitterly and almost broke up the podcast last year after a, a certain call midway through, what, the second quarter or something like that. But uh, this one may be a little more up for to, for debate. Kyle, you want to start off with this one? Uh, and I, I'm probably going to pop in here because I, I think there's going to be an avalanche of of people saying that Ohio State doesn't belong and how Clemson is clearly the second best team. And I just don't believe that. I think Ohio State can really help, I guess, the, the COVID situation. And everybody knew that that was going to be an issue throughout the year. I also think everybody should also know that they're a well-deserving team in the Final Four. Because if you had, if you didn't have them, if you said, hey, they didn't, they didn't get to play in the Big Ten championship. Let's say that happened, and they had they were five and zero, and you had Ohio State playing in some Peach Bowl or something like that, and you have uh, your Cincinnati or your Florida in there, and Ohio State wins that game by forty points. You're going to have the controversy of well, did they leave the best team out? So I'm glad that they're in there. Uh, I'm really excited for this rematch because I do think that. Uh, Ohio State had everything going for him in, in last year's semifinal game and the the infamous targeting call. If you go back to some of our first episodes, uh, turned, turned the tide. They, they had a sack on Trevor Lawrence and, and a huge play. And not only did they call a targeting penalty, they gave them the ball back. They gave 15 yards plus kicked out Ohio State, one of Ohio State's best defensive players. And as as Carmel would have it, the the favor got repaid to Clemson in the national championship game. So uh, this is actually the one game in all of the bowl season that I'm actually really excited for, uh, because although I'm a Husker fan through and through, I, I respect the fact that Ohio State just destroys us game in and game out, and they would be the team that out of the four that I'm, I guess I'm actually hoping wins the whole thing. I may uh, agree with Kyle. Um, for for I me, I, think... I can't believe he's that bitter still a year later about one call that he thinks changed the whole uh, 
well, landscape of college football. Well, it changed the national championship game, so it would be a, a pretty big call. I think that for me, uh, looking at Ohio State this year, obviously they don't have the resume that the rest of the teams do, and that's been the hot topic. Um, but that Big Ten championship, they didn't have a few key players. Chris Olave, uh, they're missing two or three receivers, I'm pretty sure. Uh, a couple of guys on the line, a couple of defenders. I mean, they're missing quite a few guys and still found a way to win. I thought that said a lot about the depth they had. But at the same time, though, they it showed about six games. Which showed a little bit of the lack of depth and how Notre Dame without, you know, two defensive tackles, a middle linebacker and Trevor Lawrence, a quarterback, they weren't the same team. So I think it'll be interesting to see once, you know, that second quarter, once the second half kicks off and we're starting to get tired because, you know, it's such a strange year and whatnot what that depth actually looks like. Um, I feel like I th- think Clemson's going to win just because what what do we need more in a COVID year than another Clemson-Alabama uh, national championship? Um, but until I see Clemson lose it to Ohio State, I feel like, yeah, take, take them. Do you, Kyle, do you think Ohio State deserves to be there or do you think they're just there because they're one of the four best teams? I don't see the difference between the two questions you just asked. Do you like, think they've earned? Do you think they've earned it this year to be in the in the college football semifinal? The entire thought process be, behind the way that they pick who plays in the final four is to make sure you have the four best teams. So, do I think that Ohio State is one of the four best teams? Yes. So, therefore, I think they deserve to be there. Okay. It just to me it shows how much of a farce. The re- most of the regular season is then, yeah, I mean, and and it, and and that and I I understand your point and I agree with you, but it just it bothers me and that's why I hope they lose. Regardless of of if we had a normal year, do you think that we would somehow have gotten to a point in the final four where these three teams weren't in there in some form or fashion? Yeah, I think I think it's absolutely possible. If Ohio State had played 11 games, I don't think they're 11 and 0. And then that's a that's a whole other conversation. Like what, what we're, we're doubting we're not we're doubting Notre Dame for being in the top four for losing one game, and that game they lost is to the number two team. Like Ohio State, I don't think is undefeated if they played a, a whole a whole entire schedule. Like like I think what, we're just I think they're being gifted this off the assumption that they would have earned it. And that I think is what, what bothers me. And I'm not, my argument is not that there's another team that deserves to be in there more. It, I just find it irritating that they're being gifted this. And so my only recourse of action is that I want them to lose. What team, what team that would have, what team on their regular schedule do you think would have beaten them then? It do, I mean that it doesn't matter. They could have slipped up and lost to lost anyone if they had a full regular season like all these other teams that played eleven games. Another like, thing to add to that too is going with the and I they really wanted to play. So like I and I do despise Ohio State. I really hate everything about that football program. But uh just trying to look at it objectively, I'm really glad that they were able to play this season because I know that they were vocal about it. And that's really cool. And that sucks. They had games canceled, but with their cross division rivalries, even urban Meyer uh, on Fox sports was saying how Ohio state had the easiest path to the big 10 championship and said they had the easier schedule and then to only play a fraction of those games in there. And I guess my big problem is they didn't need to, maybe my problem is just the fact that they're big 10 champions because they already set up a list of rules that you were supposed to follow to play in the big 10 championship. And so Indiana should have been there, whether it's fair or not, you know, it's no fair. You want to talk about what's not fair. The world happened to be shut down for a whole year. It's not fair for everybody, but they still got to play and they had games canceled and, and that sucks for them. That wasn't their fault. You know, they did everything they could. But we already set these rules that you have to play X amount of games going into it. 
and then Indiana should have been there. And the Big Ten still had their little championship weekend where they could have got their extra game. And I guess what I rather would have happened was for them to play their extra game. And then after that, for the conference or for the for the playoff committee people to then say, all right, here's this thing. I mean, the Big Ten championship, whatever, Ohio State. And the people could have said, well, geez, Ohio State didn't play in the conference championship. And then the committee could have said, yeah, we let them in before when they didn't play their conference championship. And they could say, oh, yeah, good point. And they could, and then they could have said, <laughs> well, they only played six games. And they're of an easy schedule. You know, and I wish it would have been more that way. To me, this team, for as much crap as they get away with, with in NCAA violations and little slap on the wrist. So pairs, players selling stuff when they weren't supposed to get an extra money. Oh, no big deal. USC does something, bring the hammer down on them. Rawr, you know, and then they have Urban Meyer there with some of those things coming up. Oh, spousal abuse and all this kind of stuff. Oh, oh, it's okay, Urban Meyer. He, he's, he's got health problems now. Okay, so uh, he's going to step away and a little slap on the wrist. They get all of these little things like that, you know, and, and all this preferential treatment. And I think this year, you know, the world would have been okay if – Ohio State wasn't there because they they didn't play the, enough games and then maybe they are going to be Clemson. I don't know. I don't even know who I'm going to pick yet for it, but maybe they are going to be Clemson. But something's to be said about Clemson who played all these games and then Ohio State that is relatively low mileage on the players. You know enough mileage to where they're to where they're a well-oiled machine and everything, but you know not not being physically as beat up. So I don't know. I'm pretty tore between the two. You know, I am part of me. I'm excited for them for being in the playoff because they wanted to play, you know, and that was their, that was their goal. And they knew they had a shot at this, but then to see them get all of this extra preferential treatment and these things, it kind of, it just bothers me a little bit. I don't know. That's just me. So did, did you make a pick? Am, am I making did it you, now? Yeah, did you pick Ohio State? No, not yet. I, I'm going to pick uh, Clemson because I do think they're a little better, but I don't know. They Kyle, could, Ohio you, State could lose. And I, think State? I don't know. Yeah, I'm picking Ohio State. Obviously, going against Trevor Lawrence is a, a tough thing to do, and I think between ETN and, like, their, I can't even remember what his first name is, but their wide receiver, Rogers, number three, makes every big play, I think, even more than ETN does. Like, if they actually need a play, they go to him. But I don't know. I I do think or that – quarterback. Well, I already said Justin Lawrence – or Trevor Lawrence. But uh, I, I think I think Justin Fields is, is going to kind of take it upon himself to kind of make it a mono-e-mono kind of a thing because – it's also probably going to be a matchup of the number one and number two picks in the NFL draft coming up as well. So I, I just think it'll be, like I said, it, it's the matchup that I'm looking forward to the most, probably even more so than whatever the national championship ends up being. You know, Kyle, I think you make a good point with this being such a quarterback heavy matchup um, and fields has, has kind of struggled and we see what Clemson looks like without, uh, without Trevor Lawrence. And the fact that these guys grew up like 20 miles away from each other and were the one and two quarterbacks in their recruiting class, and they are shifting late. Uh, there was Trevor Lawrence, who was easily number one, but then late in the, you know, the process after seven on sevens, Fields took over the number one ranking. And the fact that they're here now for the second year in a row, I, you know, I think that's kind of the cool aspect of just what their relationship actually probably is that we don't know about the fact that, yeah, they grew up 20 miles away from each other. That's pretty sweet. That, that, that I don't think has been talked a lot about. And just think Georgia could have had him. Could have had both of them. Yeah. But uh, uh, Danny, you're the one that we are waiting on pick wise. Are you going to lean? What's your pick, Andy? I picked Clemson. I'm, I've got, I got a headband. I've got, you know, 
little, little tiger pride. Oh, yeah, we are going to uh, see that. Yeah, but I also uh, do have some Ohio State gear too. So at halftime, I need a change. I, I definitely will. Uh, but Daniel, we're waiting on your pick, my man. Oh, so we're talking about an Ohio State team with with a quarterback that's got wins over Nebraska, Penn State, Rutgers, Indiana, Michigan State, and Northwestern this year. Oh yeah, let's and, let's hear all the big wins that Clemson has. And they've earned themselves a trip to the college football semifinals. Um, I'm I'm picking Clemson. I don't oh, oh, doubt. You're, so you're not going to read Clemson's big wins that they've had this year. I'd have to flip a few tabs over, and I don't know if I can yeah. get that up in time. I'll tell you, Notre Dame, they have one win over a team uh, that's halfway decent. Uh, so I'm going with the proven entity then, Clemson. <laughs> and they're strong 10 wins this season um, over Wake Forest, wow. Citadel. Yep. Virginia, Miami. Yeah, we found out they're actually not that good. Georgia Tech, Syracuse, Boston College, Pitt, Virginia Tech, and Notre Dame. Solid. Wow. Murderers row right there. there. Anybody want to take bets on who actually have more wins over top 20 teams? I'd actually like to take back the last minute and a half of me talking. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I did not prove the point I set out to prove. <laughs> I'll pick Clemson and yield the rest of my time. <laughs> all righty. So, like I believe last year, we all picked uh, the same teams, Kyle with Ohio State and the rest of us Clemson. Um, How'd that end up? <laughs> With a very terrible targeting penalty. How okay, so uh, if you're if you're still dwelling over this, how are you a Saints fan and, and able to get over any of their last like several chips to the playoffs? Oh, you mean the four straight years of losing <laughs> with zero time left on the clock? Was it last year where Kyle Rudolph absolutely just shoved the uh, Saints defensive back and caught a touchdown to win? Yep. A year after Tommy Lee Lewis gets destroyed on a little out route that was going to be the game-winning touchdown, which was a year after Stefan Diggs caught a pass on a Hail Mary where two Saints players just fell over each other and couldn't just make him trip over his own two feet. Yeah, that, that would be the play. <laughs> Good times. Good times. Well, shoot, as we're recording this, I'm, I saw that uh, they'll have the nine different screens options to watch these two games on back-to-back. So you best believe my two, three screens will be utilized, all 22, the coach's room, all that good stuff. Um, so I'm excited. I, uh, Danny, I can't thank you enough for the idea of having a second screen for this Friday at 3 p.m. and then at 7 p.m. And can I motion that we pick our national championship tonight, our national champion tonight, and make it worth like quadruple or 100 points or something? Well, if we do the math real quick, Danny, all you would need it to be would be six points to tie. Okay. I'd like to go quintuple or nothing. And uh, I'd like to pick Clemson for the national champions. Well, that's not going to happen, so I'm not even going to write that down. I already wrote it. <laughs> In pen. No, Kyle? I think it'd be more fun to pick our national champion now than when it's when the championship is set. All right, then unless Kyle, you guys don't want to, Kyle. Let's go you next, simply for the fact of. In his in in your idea, that champion doesn't even make it out of the uh, out of the semi. Oh, you're talking about resident Buckeye fan, Kyle? Yeah. I'd say Alabama over Ohio State. Brandon? Roll. (laughs) Damn tied. So I I would – who are they going to – who are they going to play there? Yeah, Clemson. Clemson. Well, but – Yeah, yeah, they'll beat Clemson. 
Okay. It's, and then I've got their, their own moms aren't going to recognize them when by the time we're done with them. <laughs> oh, boy. So I, I also will have Bama over Clemson. But anywho, as we do with uh, 93.5% of our podcast, extra points. Kyle, extra point. I don't want to bring up bad memories for Brandon. Because I'm assuming, Brandon, did you watch much of the the Cowboys-Eagles game? I didn't get to watch any of it. I listened to the whole thing on the radio. I got to see the end after the previous game on Fox got over, you know, so yeah. when it was bad. But I listened to it on the radio. Okay, so then maybe Rough. you won't even know Maybe you won't even know what I'm, I'm talking about here. But last year... I made a huge deal about the the Joe Burrow video when he came out on senior day and he had Burrow spelled with the E-A-U-X and whatever camera they used made it feel like it was almost fake and I don't even know what type of resolution it had but when I was watching highlights of the the Cowboys-Eagles game after every touchdown which obviously there were more Cowboy touchdowns than Eagle touchdowns like they had that same camera and you got some of the like the coolest like post plays like as guys are either celebrating with their teammates or just walking off the field where the players were just in such crystallized focus and then everything around them was kind of blurry did you did anybody else see see that stuff i didn't get to see it oh man that was my extra point that just i i figured brandon might have saw it but like that kind of stuff and the the visual stuff that they can do now is mind blowing. How awesome that, how how awesome those highlights were. So it's not really much of anything, but that that's my extra point. Danny, extra point. Yeah, uh, I want, I just want to go on air and mention that uh, my friend, actually my friends, the Butlers, uh, brought by some cherry mash last week um and then andy texted me and he's like hey lie to me and tell me this is good and somehow i like didn't like i overlooked that text and didn't respond to it and uh i just want everyone to know that i i put that little dish in the fridge i've been dipping into it almost every day since and it uh it's very good cherry mash so shout out to uh andy and maggie for for the hookup on that well, uh, we had some for all the Sing Second Podcast uh, crew, but someone decided they were going to the Great White North a little early, and we ate uh, his. Uh, so causing out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brandon, extra point. Army football, their bowl was taken away, and then it was given, he who taketh away, giveth back again. And so I'm pretty excited for that that they get a chance to play West Virginia in a, in a fun little matchup. I like Army football, and I'm excited. I'm excited about that. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, Army football. Yeah. They usually are in, like, the pinstripe bowl or something like that, and they play way earlier in bowl season. So it's kind of cool to see Army kind of a, more of a prime time, if you would, bowl, bowl matchup. Yeah. I'm excited about New Year's Eve. I'm usually not a New Year's Eve guy, but uh, my brother claims he's going to hook up a little Zoom uh, blackjack tournament with family from, from all over the nation. So wow, I can't wait to see how that's going to work, and I'm kind of excited for that. So Anybody else? Ring in the big, New Year. Big New Year's plans? Watch no. football. Just football, probably some video games. Probably. Yeah. Gosh, I didn't even think about it. This is the last podcast of 2020 that we'll do. And so hopefully 2021 is only uphill. It can only really go uphill right from this point. But it was about a year ago that I jumped on the uh, the bandwagon for Mac Brown and realized that he was the coach at University of North Carolina. And they had a they had a pretty good season. And I think they got a bowl game coming up. So uh, one year later. Boom. How many times, and I think I, I saw this right. Oh, how many times? A&M, who, who could possibly be one of the top four teams in the nation. 
probably means it's not going to go well for North Carolina. But how many times? Because didn't both North Carolina running backs make the All-American team? Yeah, they both had a 1,000 yards rushing. Yeah, how many times has that happened where two guys from the same backfield both were the All-American running backs? Probably Would the that Pony Express days back with the with all SMU when they got put how on close basement. would have been Reggie Bush and Lindale White? That's, well, that's if Coastal Carolina would have beat Liberty. They'd probably be in, their two running backs would be in the in the talk. That's true. It's true. But anyway, from seeing second pod to seeing second nation, have a great New Year's Eve. Have a safe New Year's Eve. We'll see you next year. Sing Second Podcast, out.